Nevada basketball is Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. What up, Wolfpack Nation? It is your host of Pack Center, Garrett Hirschberg, here with my co-host, Miguel McNamara. And on this week's show, we talk about another successful week for the 20th-ranked Nevada Wolfpack men's basketball team. The women's basketball team finally got back into the winning home. Softball and baseball had rough weeks, but let's start with, with basketball. It was a very, very successful week, but also a very, very tough week for the men's team. They started out with a 77-72 win on Valentine's Day against Boise State. Some storylines from that game. Caleb Martin is officially back. Lindsey Drew is out for a very, very long time with an Achilles injury. And Nevada widened its lead in the Mountain West to one and a half games. But that does not include the two-game tiebreaker over the Broncos. Miguel, your thoughts on the game? It was a very gritty game. Like you said, coming, just everybody was clawing their way to get ahead of it. Um, we came out on top. Thank God. It was, I, I watched part of it. I didn't get to watch the entire game, but it was, it was a very, very uh, tough game. You're right. It was, uh, Kendall Stevens was cash money throughout this game, scoring a game-high 21 points and, cl- and provided some clutch three-pointers when the Wolfpack were down. Jordan Caroline with an, added another double to his resume with uh, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Caleb dropped 21 points off the bench. And his dunk over Chandler Hutchinson was the play of the game. That was a really nice dunk. Yeah, it was. It made uh, Sports Center top 10, and I think it came in at number six. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, what, but what Nevada did great during this game was their defense. Chandler Hutchinson, arguably the player of the year coming into the season, only had 13 points. Yeah. Keeping uh, such a high-caliber player like Chandler to only 13 points is a great testament to uh, Nevada's defense that game. And that's something we've seen Nevada do when when these two teams have met. They've kept Chandler Hutchinson's productivity down, and I think now the player of the year has to go to Caleb. I mean, that's – yeah, it was – I believe before it was like the tie between Caleb and Chandler, but with – Nevada consistently keeping Chandler down to 13 points. It's got to go to Caleb. There's, like, no argument about it. But it is great to see that Caleb is officially back, and I think he's 100% healthy from that injury. From what it seems like, yeah. I mean, dropping 21 points off the bench and that super nice dunk coming down, not having any problems with his ankle or his foot. It seems like he's back to 100. It it does. Um, As a team, Boise State only shot 19% from three. And in the two matchups, Boise State has shot less than 20% from three in both games. I think that is a testament to how good Nevada's defense actually is. Yeah, that's that's a crazy stat. Less than 20% from the three-point line. That's that's crazy. That's, that's good defense right there. And Boise State's one of those teams that shoots the ball a lot from deep. Yeah, uh, it's one of their main... Uh, it's one of their go-to moves when they're in games, just shooting from the three, and to keep them down, keep their productivity down from the three-point line, has to, and having to force them to go to the paint, it's uh, it's definitely good. But this loss of Lindsey Drew truly does hurt because you lose the one consistent Wolfpack player over the past three seasons. Yeah, torn torn Achilles tendon. That's not something that you can come back easily from. I. I believe 
that he's going to be out, uh, of course, this season and possibly all of next season. It's it's hard to tell, though. See, if he misses all of next season, he can just redshirt because Nevada already has a loaded guard class coming in next year with the transfers. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it is hard. It is hard when you lose your starting point guard, your playmaker, your facilitator. And I think Hallis Cook is the person who's going to have to step up. He's definitely going to have to step up. And like you're saying, losing uh, your guy who does all that and the clutch guy, that was your clutch shot maker. And uh, Hallis Cook is going to definitely have to step up his game and uh, match up to Lindsey Drew. See, I feel like I feel like it's still going to be Cody Martin that runs the offense without – Without Lindsey, just Hallis fills in that starting position. Yeah, that's that's what I would assume. Uh, seeing that Hallis Hallis Cook hasn't ha- hasn't had a lot of practice time with uh, the starting lineup, it, he's most likely going to have kind of background role up until um, up until like he gets more comfortable with the offense. But even then, he's still a three point lights out three point shoot, shooter with that moon shot. Uh, but also one thing that Lindsey's drew in Lindsey Drew's game that is highly goes un unrecognizable is his offense, his ability to get to the lane and score. That's one of his strongest aspects uh, of his game is is able to draw contact and get to that free throw line. Oh yeah, definitely be, the ability to draw fouls, get those uh, free two points or point. We've also seen one another thing that makes Lindsey Drew. Lindsey great is his ability to run the coast to coast offense. Yeah, it's it's I wouldn't say it's a it's a super difficult offense to run, but it's definitely hard to uh, to run, especially with um, the people the uh, sorry the players that uh, we have here at Nevada. All right, that's enough from the Boise State game. Let's move on to Saturday's win versus the Utah State Aggies. Nevada came away with a 93 to 87 victory. Some storylines from this game is it was as we mentioned, it was the first game without Lindsay. The Mart- the Martin Twins are beasts and Kobe McEwen is a stud. This game was a lot closer than it should be should have be seeing that the last time these two teams played, Nevada killed them. But yeah. the Martin Twins combined for 53 points. Caleb dropped 30 or Cody dropped 30, Caleb dropped 23. They also combined for 15 rebounds, four assists, and two steals, which are beastly performances. Yeah, that those are those are some pretty insane stats. Uh, the Martin Twins scored over half of Nevada's points, which is something really, really incredible to think of. Oh yeah, that's having two people drop over half the points in an entire game. That's that's impressive and a testament to the skill that the Martin Twins have. And that win. Uh, Jordan Caroline also had a very solid game, dropping 20 points and at grabbing six rebounds. Another yeah. another day at the office for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you were saying earlier, this game is a lot closer than it should have been. Uh, number one team facing the number eight team. I, I expected it to be a complete, utter blowout. I expected them. I expected Utah to not go over 40, 50 points. But... It does. The, a win is a win. That win puts Nevada with a record of twenty three and five, eight twelve and one at home, and twelve and two in conference. And they are currently sitting at a three game winning streak, which is going to be huge for the future because 
let's take a look at the games coming up this week. So today we face the Spartans of San Jose. But I wouldn't consider them Spartans. <laughs> They're more like the little green uh, action figures you saw from Toy Story. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, yeah. Saying San Jose State's not bad is... Saying San Jose State is bad is an understatement. Oh, very. They're coming into this game with a record of 3-22 and 22 and 0-14 oh and in conference. Dead last in the Mountain West. This, San- this should not be any somewhat of a contest. So, for all. any of them, any of you guys gambling out there, the spread is 23 points. <laughs> San Jose State hasn't won a game in 2018. Their last win came on December 21st. 2017, when they beat Santa Clara. Who? Exactly. Well, Steve Nash went there. <laughs> oh, okay. I, yeah, I take we're, that we're back. Gonna... I take that back. Um, no offense, Steve. But since, but since that last one, they have lost all 14 games, all 14 Mountain West games they've played in. That's I, – I don't even have a comment on that. That's – that's just bad. Yeah, so the last time these two teams played, it was earlier in January. Uh, they met in San Jose. Nevada won 71-54. to The game was a bit closer than it should have been, especially down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But Nevada was able to pull it out. Caleb Martin scored 24 points, which led the game. So, again, easy easy work. And I expect almost the same result. I, I expect it to be kind of a worse result for San Jose. I'm... I am predicting it to be uh, 74 to, like, 35. Really? Oh, yeah. That's They're the worst team in uh, the they, Mountain West. They've got to be, like, one of the worst teams in all of college basketball. They've only won three games. They haven't won a game in 2018. While they do have have people who are scoring the points for them, they're not having a consistent all-across-everybody helping. And whereas here at Nevada – everybody's doing their job and everybody's dropping points like the last game at uh utah cody and caleb dropping for a combined 53 points and jordan caroline dropping another 20 points i expect this to be an utter blowout yeah utter blowout is something that that might be that might be an understatement they it's just the fact that i don't get how they're still in the mountain west like they're not good at like sports yeah, well, I mean, you could also kind of say that about, and I'm going to throw some shade here, to our football team over the past years. Like, how are we still in well, Divi- our, Division One football? Our football team was decent two years ago. We made a bowl game. Yeah, that was also two years ago. I, I'm, t- I'm just talking about in the overall consistency of our football program compared to San Jose State's basketball program. You know, In I'm my just, personal I, opinion. I'm just saying San Jose State sports are not great. Oh yeah, I, I I and I'm agreeing with you. I'm not on that throwing too. shade at just football or basketball. I'm throwing shade at every single sport. <laughs> I mean, they they need to step up their game. Like there's there's no uh there's no way around it. It's like it's like the NFL with playing the Cleveland Browns. It's a free win. <laughs> it literally is a free win every time you play them. That is the greatest analogy for San Jose State I have ever heard You're in my life. You're welcome. Let's move on from uh, that horrible sports school in San Jose. Let's move. Let's move on to Sunday's game. Yes, Sunday, which is weird, against Colorado State. These two teams met not even that long ago. 
The last time these two teams met, uh, Nevada won 76-67. And in that game, Caleb dropped 26 points. Again, another day at the office. Oh, yeah. And that game was only a couple weeks ago, if I remember correctly. Yeah, not even. Yeah. But uh, Colorado State comes into this game with a record of 11-17 with a 4-11 conference record. Second to last in the Mountain West. This this should be an easy weekend. Like, yeah. I or excuse me. Easy week. week. Yeah. This should be an easy week. Playing dead last and second to dead last. Like it's amazing how despite all this like rough part of the schedule, Nevada somehow still scheduled two of the wor- the two worst teams in the conference right before two of their biggest road games of the season. Oh yeah. Um but In their first matchup, Nevada did struggle with the turnovers, so I think that's one key to the game. Um, The Pack can also clinch their second straight Mountain West regular season title with a win, and if they do get the win, uh, it has already been announced that Coach Moss will be celebrating without a shirt. Uh, Yeah, that's got to be something where... uh, That's got to be a given. Oh, yeah. Especially especially for... uh, Last season, him just taking his shirt off and running around and every him, like, hyping it up. See, last season was a bit more dramatic. It came down to the final game, okay. and although they can clinch against Colorado State for the second straight year, that Colorado State team was good last year. This one, not so much. Yeah, being for last year, I, I don't remember what their ranking was, but it definitely was a lot higher than second at dead last. They were second in the, they were second in the, uh, in in the, the conference last oh. year. Yeah, so I mean, they lost a lot of people. They they lost a lot of good players, and for them going from being up here to down to almost dead last, that's 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 gotta hurt. Yeah, and this will be the last home game of the season. After after this Colorado State game, they travel to Vegas and they travel to San Diego to conclude the tournament to conclude to conclude the regular season, but. With that, let's take a look at ahead at March and look at some numbers. According to our good buddy Joe Lenardi of ESPN, Nevada is projected to be an eighth seed in the West region where they would face Houston, and that game is slated to be in Wichita. But I think I think we see Nevada hovering around this eighth seed, and I think the highest they might be able to make it is six. If they if they run the table now when they're remaining four games and they win out in the in the tournament we are just going to have to see how everything else plays and i think i think probably a 6 or 7 seed is where we eventually see nevada yeah i definitely see them in the 6 6 7 8th seed region um playing houston in in wichita where where's wichita again kansas i yeah kansas let's just assume that Going going out to Kansas, while we've we've been in this situation before, being in the March Madness tournament, going out, obviously we didn't have uh, a there wasn't a good result from it. Seeing that we've been here before and we've had a little bit of experience with it, I feel like now us going, it's kind of like um, being reintroduced to it. Where we've we've um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, we understand what's going on. There's not a lot of hype hype around it for us. See, last year, the one problem with Nevada is experience. We played a very experienced Iowa State team who has been there before. This year, 
our team is much more experienced. And although we only have a few guys remaining from that team last year, Jordan Caroline got that big-time experience. But then you also look at Hallis Cook, who played at Oregon State, Iowa State. Uh, he, you got Kendall, who played at Purdue. Uh, the Martin Twins, who made a Sweet 16 run with NC State. So you got a bunch of people who have experience. And I feel like once, especially with coaching, Coach Musk got that experience under his belt. He knows what to expect from a March Madness game. Oh, yeah. Um, looking at some numbers of Nevada, as we mentioned earlier, they are the 20th. According to the AP Top 25, they are ranked 20th. Nevada is third in the nation in true road wins, which is fantastic, proving you can win not at home as well as home. Uh, they are 11th in RPI. Uh, and Kendall Stevens is seventh in the nation in three-pointers made. Uh, he has made the seventh most threes in Mountain West history. He is currently chasing Jimmer Fredette's record of 124 threes in a season. That's a bit out of bit out of reach, seeing that Kendall has 97. Depending on these next these next couple of games, it could be possible that he can get to it. While it is a fair stretch, San Jose. Utah, or not Utah, Colorado State. Colorado State, thank you. Uh, San Jose and Colorado State. It's they're not known to be good game, good teams at defending three pointers. So I think it's possible if Nevada can just get Kendall Kendall the uh, the ball enough. Yeah, he is twenty eight threes away from the record. And if you think about it, look if if they win, if they have they have four more games plus. Three in the regular conference, plus three in the Mountain West tournament, and then uh, I guess however many games in March Madness. So I do think that there is an opportunity for him to get that record. It's just going to be very difficult, and he just needs to shoot. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging right now about three and a half threes per game, so he's going to need to step that up a lot. So if three and a half threes um, will round down to three, um, so we've got four games left in the regular season, 12 threes, which will put him at 16, one, 16 left three times four. There's four regular season games left. Uh huh. Four times three, 12. Yes. So that would put him at 109. Yes. Total threes made. Yeah. So which means that he would need six. Yeah, he would need 16 or 15, 15 or 16 more threes into the uh, away game or away games into March Madness and the and the conference threes. tournament and the conference but that's, tournament. But that is also saying he only makes three threes a game. Yeah, he's had he shows Bert, he's showed spurts where he's made six threes in a game seven. So let's hope Kendall can get that record. Um, looking at some more numbers, Caleb Martin is twenty sixth. 26th in the nation in three-point uh, field goal percentage. Cody is 78th in field goal percentage. Jordan Caroline is 49th in the nation in total double-doubles and 56th in rebounds per game. It was announced this week that Nevada basketball has some news, and football player Justin Brent is joining the basketball team as a walk-on player following the Lindsey Drew injury. Brent is a 6'2 wide receiver slash defensive back out of Indianapolis, originally committed to Notre Dame, but transferred to Nevada. 
And the only basketball highlight I've seen was a putback dunk in some high school game, and it was a pretty nice highlight. Yeah, it was it was a really nice dunk, but seeing that that was his only highlight found, you got to kind of question, can this guy make it in Division One basketball? You know what? I think just like Elijah Cooks, he's not going to get a lot of playing time, but he might see some decent minutes against San Jose State. Oh, yeah, definitely against San Jose State. All right, well, that's enough for basketball. Let's go take a quick break, and we'll come back with women's basketball. We are back, and we are here to talk about women's basketball. Now, they started off the week with a tough loss to Boise State. Uh, they lost 63-55. to 55. Tasia Zeller led the team with 14 points. Timo had an impressive four steals in that game. But for the game, Nevada only shot 14% from deep. Miguel, your thoughts? Like this is attempted shots? Yes, this is total shots. Um, this is from three. They shot one of seven. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's tough, but it, the thing is with total, with total shots, with the only attempting seven shots from deep, like I kind of understand not having, uh, as much confidence in trying to take those deep shots, but you got to be confident in the ones that you do take. Now, Boise State ranked for women's Boise State is ranked third in the conference. So it's not. The odds are kind of stacked against you going into that game, but you gotta you gotta at least attempt to shoot a little bit more. Even if you don't make them all the time, at least you have more shots up. But this is just telling. This is just from looking at stats. This is telling me that Nevada is not a very good three point shooting team, and they realize that, so they try to limit the amount of threes taken. Um, their only three of the game was made by Morning Rose Toby, but. Even, but that's still the fact that they went one of seven shooting in the first half. They went zero of two, and then in the second half, you can do the math one of five. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still mind boggling. Yeah, I mean, while we're not very good at shooting shooting the deep ball, you, you got to have the shots in to practice so you can get the strength and you can get the uh, accuracy in shooting those deep balls. So that way, when you are able to, or when you can't go into the paint, you still have that ability to to get the deep ball in. You're right, and as as you can look at the score, it was another very close game for Nevada. There were there were uh, five lead changes in this game, and Nevada just was not able to come up with a another win. But they followed up that heartbreaking loss on Wednesday. With a W against Utah State, finally. A, a double what? A W. Whoo! I know I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that in women's basketball together in a while. It's Shit. it's been a, it's been a hot minute. It's been it has been a minute. The last the last win that the women's team had was at Boise State, like weeks. I it's think been almost a month ago. It, yeah, it's been exactly one month ago. The fact that Nevada went almost a month without a win is is mind-boggling. But we are – it feels good to be back in the winning column. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Five players scored in double figures for the pack. Timo led the team with 27 points. Torre Briggs scored 17. Tage Zeller, 15. Jade Redmond, 13. And Camaria uh, King, 11. Zeller and Briggs both recorded double-doubles with points and rebounds for the pack. So, you know, right there, uh, seeing the shift from only have only having one team be in the double digits to, or one teammate being in the double digits to having five in the double digits, that shows that there's starting to become a shift in the uh, dynamic of the women's basketball team. More players are getting involved. More players are getting into the paint, getting the balls in the hoops, getting the rebounds too. That's the crucial thing. You have to get the rebounds. And in this game, Nevada shot 36.4% from three. They went four of 11, which is a little bit better. It's it's definitely better. It's definitely an improvement. So like I said before, you have to take those deep ball shots. You have to at least try them so because practice makes perfect. You have to attempt them, and if they go in, fantastic. If they don't, you got to get under there and get the rebound for it. You're right, and it is great to see that well, Nevada had two players in double figures in this game. But let's take a look at the games ahead. Um as men's plays San Jose State, the women's travels to San Jose State where their women's team is better than their men's team. The San Jose State Lady Spartans are 6-19 and on the season with a record of 3-11 and in conference, which is good for third to last in the Mountain West. But um, that game is today. Let's move on to Saturday's game. Unlike the men's who are playing on Sunday, uh, they travel to Fort Collins to face the 18-8 and Colorado State Rams. And Colorado State comes into this game with a conference record of 10-5. and five. It's definitely going to be a tough game. Uh, Nevada's going to have to claw their way into it and get ahead of Colorado State. Yeah, I think that game is going to be close, but I think Nevada does come away with uh, a W against San Jose State, and let's see how their momentum is following back-to-back Ws. Um, but that's all for women's basketball. Let's take a quick okay, break and beat. come back with baseball. start to Nevada baseball this weekend they had a three-game series against the Irvine UC Irvine Anteaters uh, in which they went one and two in their first game they lost four to nothing Nevada only recorded six hits and they struck out 11 times yikes Whew. yeah that's a lot of strikeouts you gotta you gotta you have to take with what you have to roll with what's given to you but being struck out 11 times, you got to be more careful with your swings. Yeah, no bueno. Yeah. 
Uh, Nevada was only able to uh, draw a single walk, which isn't very good. You'd like to see Nevada uh, get more runners on base so that you can create run opportunities. Mm-hmm. So you can you got to you got to be able to get guys into scoring position in order to score. So whether it's drawing a walk, getting uh just just getting guys on base. Back to that 11 strikeouts. You got to get guys on base. Mhm. Uh perennial ace Mark Nawazeski pitched went 6 innings, gave up 3 runs and striking out 3. Not a great way to start your season, but if the offense isn't there, I don't know what else you could have done. Mm-mm. Let's move on to game two. They were heartbreaking loss already. Only only game two in the season. They lost four to three. Nevada was up three nothing after two, but then Irvine scored the four straight runs. Uh, Tyler Bassetti had an RBI double, and the team drew through three walks this game. I mean, that's better. But they still struck out eleven times. Still not as good. No. Cooper Powell uh, went three innings in relief, giving up one run and striking out four. That's that's a good performance. That's a performance that you want to see out of your starting pitcher. That's He's the not, performance. He wasn't a starter. He came in relief. Yeah, I know. I said that's the that's what you want to see out of Mark Nozeski. That's what you want to see him and your starting pitchers pitch. All right, well, shout out to journalism school student Cooper Powell. Good job. Uh, and in their third and final game of the series, they had a dominant win, eight to one. Weston Haddon with two R- with a two RBI single in the first inning. Mike Echevilla led the team with three hits, and in his first career start, Jake Jack freshman Jake Jackson went six innings, zero runs, only allowing three hits while striking out five. That is a performance that you like to see. That's what you need out of your pitchers. Being a freshman in his first career start, six innings, no runs, only having three hits, that's what you that's what you should see out of guys who have been in the game for years. You're right. It was a very dominant performance by Jake Jackson, and hopefully this is something we see from him the rest of the season. Being only a true freshman, he has a – impact a chance to impact this team for the rest for the rest of his time at Nevada but that was it from the three game recap as we mentioned last time they were facing the uh, Cal State Fullerton that game was on Tuesday but we record on Tuesday so we weren't the game we record before the game happens so we wish Nevada the best of luck but let's take a look at the what's to come with baseball Right, they have a three-game series uh, this coming weekend against Oral Roberts, and that series takes takes place in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So some weird places Nevada has to travel, and other than that, they play a one-game series versus Santa Clara on Tuesday, and that game is in Santa Clara. Santa Clara has made a big time refer- big Santa Clara has made a big time thing on our show this week. Yeah. It seems like uh, they are, they're one of the hot topics. And a little thing about uh, the Oral Roberts, they are 3-0. and They played uh, against Utah this past week. Was it the University of Utah? Uh, just as Utah. I'm assuming yes. it's the University of Utah, yeah. Yes, where they won 4-3, 6-4, 3-0. Yep. Um, yeah, and we have their three-game series this weekend. But 
I, again, it, just because it's a three games, that's their first series of the game. I don't know if they're good or not. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know much about uh, Utah baseball or or Oral, Oral Roberts baseball. Yeah, but I mean, they put up they put up some good numbers, so I'm assuming that they are a decent team. I'm not going to say that they're good in any sense of the word, but I'm not sure. To be fair, we really don't know if Nevada baseball is any good or not. Well, I mean, we're one and two. Yes, but it's still the first game of the series. Fair enough. The first series of the season. My bad. But that's all for baseball. Let's let's just jump straight into softball. All right. Um, softball had a rough weekend, like baseball did, as they were part of that tournament down in Vegas. In game one, they won six to two versus UTEP. Kenzie Goins had a monster day, going two for four with five RBIs, including a two-run home run. Erica Hansen also contributed with three hits, and pitcher Julia Jensen threw a complete game, allowing two runs while striking out seven, and that improved her record to two and one on the season. Yeah, I don't know if you've been to uh, a softball game, but the way that they pitch seems like the most exhausting thing on the planet. Yeah, I can see how that happens. Yeah. Putting the ball Sounds up, about right. up above your head, going down. like that's, that's just a lot of movement, and pitching a complete game is very impressive. All right, after that win, they followed up with what seems like forever amount of losses. Uh, they lost to Cal State Northridge 8-6. to Again, another heartbreaking loss, so close. Eli Gibson went two for four, including a solo home run, and she knocked in two runs. Jessica Sellers also homered. And starting pitcher uh, Kaylee Sargent went five innings, allowing six runs, only striking while striking out four. And that improved her record to one and two on the season. It seems like with softball, their pitchers pitch more often than baseball players do. They also play more. They, uh, I believe how they go is if they're in like a series, they play uh, two games on a Friday, two games on a Saturday, and then one game on a Sunday. That might be different That's depending the tournament on the format. But like, it seems like like last year when we were looking at, at softball last year, we talk about it, uh, there were pitchers that pitched like twice a weekend. So it seems like either Nevada is really short-staffed on pitchers or their pitchers are just that good that they use them. But I'm afraid I'm afraid their arms are going to fall off. Yeah, I mean like I said before, the entire movement of pitching a softball is just so exhausting. There's potentially a lot of damage that can that happen. That doesn't seem natural. Yeah. Um hey, you got finally got something useful out of your kinesiology degree. <laughs> All You're right. gonna have to cut this out. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not cutting out my joke. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, let's move on to their third. Their third game of the tournament, where they lost again, another heartbreaking loss to Iowa State. The uh, Nevada was winning late, but allowed a run in the sixth to break to t- uh, to break the tie. Jessica Sellers hit a pinch hit grand slam. Grand salami that it makes it back to back games for her with a with home runs. Good for her. And uh, starting pitcher Julia Jensen went five innings, did not record a decision, 
and she allowed five runs while striking out three. But here's what I'm saying. Julia Jensen pitched a through a complete game, seven innings on Friday, and then the next day, she throws five innings. Yeah, so there's either uh, – I'm not entirely sure what's going on, but it seems like they're either short-staffed or Julia Jensen is just that good. I, I really don't know. It's it's amazing how like they – like. It seems like they got enough pitchers. It's just they only use a few of them. I mean, there's also there's also I believe a couple pitchers on the on the staff that are uh, freshmen or red shirts. So they're there on the roster, but it's possible that they just can't be playing because of injury or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the fourth game of the tournament. They lost to Seattle University two to one. Uh, in that game, Seattle scored a run in the seventh to win it. Uh, Jennifer Purcell drove in the only run for Nevada. And despite losing 2-1, to one, Nevada only gave a one to hit on the night, and it was a double in the bottom of the fifth. J- who else but Julia Jensen went six and two-thirds. That. So, so that brings her total for the weekend up to 18 and two-thirds inning. Bashir allowed zero earned runs, striking out five. That makes it three straight heartbreaking losses in the tournament in a span of less than 36 hours. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But you got to give it to to Julia. She is a trooper pitching three games in less than in less than 36 hours, like you were saying. It's it's hard. Like I'm sure for pitching pitching in baseball games, even playing like uh, soccer games or any other type of sports where you play multiple games within a, within like a couple of days, she like by the end of this weekend she had to have been completely exhausted. Baseball pitchers pitch once every five days. Yeah, you're a starter. So in in their final game of the tournament, they lost to FIU five to one. A little less close than all the other games. Nevada was down, got down early, and they were just not able to come back. And in that game, they only recorded three hits, comparison to the FIU twelve, which isn't very good. But out of those hits, uh, Ashley Salawas, Salusa Salawas, I don't, sorry, uh, hit a home run to give Nevada its only run. And in that game. Julia Jensen threw seven innings, uh, giving up five runs, striking out five. How is her arm not falling off yet? That, that woman is a trooper. Yeah, she is. Um, so far, so far, she is thrown in. Let's see, three, six, seven games, thirty-seven in a third innings. Striking out 27 batters and has an ERA of five. I should not calculate an ERA yet. Uh, an ERA of three. And uh, her record is three and seven. Another or fa- no, not record. Another little fact: she's a freshman. Yeah. Well, I guess Nevada doesn't have that many pitchers then. Uh, but that is all the games that we miss. Let's take a look at another tournament coming up. Where they uh they uh play in the Liber- Libby Matson tournament this weekend in Stockton. Who comes up with these names? 
Don't look at me. I don't know. I don't, who's Libby Matson? Probably somebody. Probably. Yeah. So like, Apo- apologies if we don't know who this person is. Yeah. Apologies. Uh, so like last time, they have a the five game series where they play two Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday. So on Friday they play the LSU Tigers, and we also play Seattle again. Yeah. This this uh, the upcoming Seattle games. It's most likely going to be kind of a revenge match for the loss uh, earlier in the season. Just like last weekend. Yep, last weekend. It was a really close game, but I feel like uh, Nevada is going to have to come into the Seattle game with a chip on their shoulder with with a chip on their shoulder and just be like, all right, no matter what happens, win this game. You're right. And let's look at the Saturday games. They play Seattle again. So that'll make it three times in two weekends that they play. And they also take on Northern Colorado. And that leaves their last game of the tournament where they travel to the host school, Pacific. Anything to say? No. I have, I have well, no idea anything about softball. Oh, I feel like Julia Jensen is going to throw a lot during this tournament if her arm does not fall off. But that is all we, uh, we have for softball. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with a special segment. have a very special one-time limited time segment that you can only hear on this episode of Pack Center. We are featuring one of Reno's own, David Weiss. David is is competing in the Olympics tonight where he goes for a gold medal or any medal during the skiing halfpipe. David is a Wooster grad and went to TMCC. This is huge for the city of Reno. I saw when he was competing yesterday to qualify, uh, Mayor Hillary Sheevy was tweeting it out. So was Chris Murray. And so this is just a big deal for the city. How big is it that this, this small city of Reno has someone to cheer for like Sir David Weiss? Well, it, it puts Reno on the map that we can produce Olympic athletes, especially in the Winter Games. David Weiss, in previous years, he has six gold medals, including one Olympic medal and four Winter X Games medals. Yeah, he won his gold medal in Sochi 2014, um, where he won in the, in the event he's competing in. Uh, he he was the first Olympic champion in men's ski halfpipe because the event was just created in 2014. He, not to mention he's also um, really good. In during world championship season and and the X Games. Mm-hmm. So we wish the best of luck to Mr. David Weiss. David, if you listen to this, we'd like to have you on the show. Um, but let's talk about the other Olympics. Let's talk about the Olympics in general. I know this is a little bit out of the norm, but it's 
happens winter olympics happen once every four years yeah it's something it's something that you don't really get to talk about a lot um so starting off with medal tracking norway currently leads with 29 medals germany coming up second with 23 and canada coming in at 19 total medals usa unfortunately is sitting not towards the front of the pack they have 12 sitting right 12 medals sitting right now yeah, and the Winter Olympics are something that, that we see the USA not necessarily like do all that great in, but we are more focused on the summer, and yep. that's coming up in two years. Is it two years? 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, definitely. we're definitely focused on summer, summer Olympics. It's just, I don't know, for me and in my personal opinion, the Summer Olympics is kind of a bigger thing for the majority of Americans. It's something that we've always competed in. It's something that, that has um, a little bit more grasp to say that you've won a uh, medal in the Summer I, Olympics. I also feel like the Olympics are more of a big deal television-wise. Like, it draws bigger numbers. You have bigger stars. And it is truly a disappointing disappointment that the NHL banned all hockey players or all NHL players. If you have a, if you have a major contract, you are in risk of losing said contract. But it just it takes away like all like the glory like all that's great with the Olympics because the hockey is one of those sports that brings a country together. We all remember it what was it two thousand and ten, uh, Vancouver that gold medal game against Team Canada which we lost. Twenty fourteen you had that overtime shootout thriller where T.J. Oshie went 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 off uh, to beat Russia. So I think it's it's it brings like some of the competition out of this event, this great event in hockey. Yeah, and like you're saying, it brings it brings people together. The Olympics uh, as a whole just brings Americans together, but sports like hockey and team sports definitely brings people together. Shout out to USA versus Russia way back in the day, the the upset, the miracle team that brought Americans together. You're right, uh, the miracle on ice. Um, but another another sport, I'm, I, I, there's a few events I like during the winter events. I like speed skating, short-distance speed skating. Uh, it's always interesting. Mm-hmm. I like uh, snowboarding. Shout-out to the GOAT, Sean White, winning yet another gold medal. Chloe Kim uh, winning a gold medal in uh, women's half-five half women's half five at the age of 17. Someone go get her her ice cream. Definitely. And little quick note on that, Sean White scored a 97.75 on his run. That's extremely impressive. But Chloe Kim scored a 98.25. So is the new GOAT in town? I don't know yet. We're we're going to have to find out. But the thing is, Sean White has been doing this for such a long time that it's just impressive. You think of snowboarding half-pipe, you think of Sean White. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, he is the face of that sport. But that is all the time we have for today's show. Um, Miguel, would you like to give social media shout-out, even though you don't use social media? Um, nah. Okay, well, you can follow myself personally at, on Twitter and Instagram at Garrett Stats. You can follow Pack Center on, on Twitter at Pack Center Envy. You could also follow Pack Center on Instagram at Pack Center Nevada. But one last thing before we go, go Wolfpack!
Jump. 